I want to speak today on a guidebook to sacrifice. My text is Leviticus chapter 1 and reading from verses 1 and 2. It says, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring an offering of the livestock of the herd and of the flock. Now the predominant theme in the book of Leviticus is the subject of sacrifice. In the first two verses of Leviticus chapter 1, God specifies very clearly what He desired for as a sacrifice. For all these sacrifices, the bulls, the sheep, and the goats, and the livestock were just a foreshadow of the reality that was coming. Now, of course, we don't have to bring sheep and goat uh, into the church this morning because Jesus fulfilled all the requirements of righteousness when He died on the cross. He is and always will be the propitiation for our sin. Amen. So instead of the bulls and goats, uh, or blood of bulls and goats, we now have something far superior, the blood of Jesus. But, but the principle of sacrifice is still the same and remains an essential part of our Christian experience. Our gospel has to do with sacrifice. Take up your cross, deny yourself, die daily, come follow me, sell all you have, give to the poor. Whoever loses his life will save it. Whoever saves his life will do it. All of that has to do with the sacrificial nature of Christianity. I think that possibly the greatest departure from New Testament Christianity is our failure to understand the nature and the necessity of sacrifice. Now, Christianity was founded upon sacrifice, and over the last 2,000 years, it has progressed because of sacrifice. But the moment the sacrificial nature of our faith is compromised, there is a falling away, and our progress comes to a grinding halt. I tell you this, my friends, where we are today in Cornerstone is because by the grace of God, sacrifices have been made. But the moment those sacrifices stop, I tell you the, f- the future, the progress of this church will come to a grinding halt as well. How far we are going to progress, how much further we're going to move forward is determined by how much the church is willing to sacrifice because every six steps, I tell you this, there has to be a sacrifice. We must not be naive about this. We must not be naive about it. The moment the sacrifices stop, Cornerstone will come to a grinding halt. You know, I tell you this, long after the, the lampstands are removed from the churches, those churches that continue day in and day out, but they don't have the fire anymore. They don't have the life anymore because the witness has been removed. And we must be careful that this never happens here in Cornerstone. Amen. The fire has to be burning and at the altar at all times. Amen. And for that to happen, you've got to have the sacrifice at the altar. Come on, hallelujah. So let's make sure there's always got to be sacrifices at the altar. Now I mentioned in the New Testament that we do not have to offer up the sacrifice of blood any longer because of what Jesus has done. But we offer up the sacrifice of praise. We offer up the sacrifice of thanksgiving. We offer up our tithes and our offerings. We offer our time and our energy. But the most important thing that we offer up is we offer up our own lives. In fact, the word sacrifice comes from the Latin word sacra, which we get the word sacred. And phys is the word uh, for do. So simply meaning to sacrifice is to perform an act which is sacred. Now, the principle of sacrifice must be obtained from the Old Testament because the Old Testament is given for principle, portrait, and pattern. 
And right from the start of the book of Leviticus, God gives His requirements for sacrifice. He says this, listen to this, when any one of you brings a life, an offering to the Lord, you shall bring an offering of livestock, of herd and of flock. Listen, unfortunately, the translation of this verse is inaccurate. And no matter how hard we try, the guy reading from the Hebrew Bible will always have a one-up over the guy reading from the Greek to the English translation Bible, all right? And the reason I say this is because in the Hebrew language, this verse reads this way. When any one of you brings an offering of you to the Lord, you shall bring an offering of livestock, of herd, and of flock. Now to the Jewish rabbis, this is the essence of sacrifice. It is to offer oneself to the Lord and we do it by bringing all our faculties, our heart, our mind, our bodies, our souls, everything to the altar. And this, of course, is Romans chapter 12 and verses 1 and 2 where Paul beseeches us by the mercy of God to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And when we do this with all our hearts, it becomes an acceptable offering in the sight of God. The animal that was placed at the altar is only a manifestation of an internal act. Amen? You know, when an animal is killed for a man's sin and the blood was spilled, that is a horrifying act. It was to remind the sinner that an innocent animal had to die in order for his sin to be covered or forgiven. And it was intended to shock the sinner and give him an understanding that forgiveness of sins was only possible through the shedding of innocent blood. And of course, this is a foreshadow of what Jesus would one day do for us. His death on the cross was so horrific, so public, so excruciating. It should shake us to the core, my friends. When we remember what Jesus does for us, has done for us, every single day we honour Him and remember what He has done for us and His sacrifice must never be forgotten in this church. Amen. And it must shake us to the very core. What do we sacrifice, my friends? Well, the hint is given in verse 2 of the scripture. We offer up livestock, number one. We offer up herd, number two. And we offer up the flock. Now, let's look at the first one, livestock. The Hebrew word for livestock is the word behemoth. I think that's how you pronounce it. And it means animal instinct or animal nature. And this is a direct reference to the old nature that we are born with. I tell you this, the greatest battle in our lives is the battle to crucify the old man, to put to death that old Adamic nature. This is Romans chapter 6 and chapter 7. I hate the old nature. I hate the old nature. I hate myself. I, hate, I despise the self nature in me because it is contrary to everything God wants me to be and it has to be put to death. There's no other way to deal with the flesh. You got to crucify the flesh. And the crucifixion of Jesus did not just deal with our sinful nature, it dealt with the self. I tell you this, my friends, the self nature has to be crucified as well. And God is able to so crucify every desire, every bit of self, every proud thought, every lustful thought can be totally subdued. Can you believe that? Can you believe that the new life in Christ is stronger than the old life? Come on. Can you believe that the life of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is greater than the law of sin and death? 
Because if you don't believe it, you'll never have the victory. You've got to believe that Jesus can bring you through and you can subdue every work of the flesh in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, what do animals do? Think about this for a few moments. They spend all their lives foraging for food because of their instinct to survive. That's all. And to sacrifice an animal means to be moved by something more than just mere survival. I don't know how anyone, you know, in positions of leadership uh, can do it without God. I mean, literally. Sometimes, you know, when, you know it's, a philosopher once, was once asked what the task of philosophy was. And, it said, and he said, it is to show the fly the way out of a fly bottle. Now, have you ever seen a fly trap in a bottle? It keeps banging its head against the glass, trying to find a way out. But the one thing it doesn't do, it, it doesn't look up. doesn't look up. And godliness really is the poise of a man's soul. And it's a force within us to cause us to always look up. Amen. To look beyond the physical world. To look beyond just mere survival in search for deliverance and purpose in life. It's so important that that is the poise of our souls, my friends. It's to learn how to look up. Amen. The second word is the word heard. And uh, the word heard is better translated cattle. That's where we get the word bakwa. Oh, bakwa. Oh, I'm just hungry really right now. <laughs> the nature of cattle is cattle needs to be corralled or they will find a way to break up. So you've got to corral cattle with fencing because cattle are no respecters of boundaries. To sacrifice cattle is, simply means to learn to recognize and respect boundaries. God gave us the commandments. He gave us the laws. And don't you let anybody tell you that the law is finished. Don't you let anybody deceive you in thinking that the law is evil and the law is bad and that's why Jesus had to come. No, He came to fulfill the law. When Jesus came, He did not abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. What He abolished was the ceremonial law and had to do with the ceremony of an old form Judaism that was perishing. And He came to establish a new covenant which is to write the law in our hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So God gave us the commandments. He gave us the laws. And they served as Obi Marcus. And if we keep within the boundaries, we are blessed, we're safe, we're protected. But the moment you break out from those boundaries, you become exposed, you become vulnerable. The Bible calls that transgression. The word the sacrifice, to sacrifice cattle means not to transgress those boundaries. Now sin is the nature that I'm born with. But transgressions is when we deliberately or knowingly break God's laws and statutes, which is this prescribed limit. Now the commandments of God that are given to us uh, so that we don't go beyond the boundaries. Can you see that? God's law is good. God's law is holy. It is righteous. And don't you let anyone tell you otherwise. Amen. The third word is the word flock. And the word flock in the Hebrew is the word sion. I think that's how you pronounce it. It simply means herd or migrate. Right? That's an interesting word. Now we all know what herd instinct is. It's our drive in us to move in the same direction because everybody is moving in that same direction. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 2 says, you shall not follow a crowd to do evil. Come on. Just because everybody is moving in one direction does not make it right. If it's wrong, if it's, it is wrong, and we must have the moral fiber to stand against it. Amen. A lie doesn't become truth. 
uh, wrong doesn't become right, evil doesn't become good, just because everybody is doing it. What did the great heroes of the faith in the Bible have in common? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, Samuel, David, Jeremiah. What did they have in common? They were all distinguished by their ability to stand apart from the herd, to be different, to challenge the idols of the age, and, to, and they refused to capitulate to the norms of society. Come on, hallelujah. And that's essentially where we get the word holy, kadosh. It means to be separate, di different, distinctive. Amen. I tell you, it's better to walk alone than to walk with a crowd going in the wrong direction. You know, the apostles were not hated and put to death because they preached love. No, sir. They were hated and put to death because they preached the truth. I know sometimes the pressure is so great to conform with the cultural norms, but will we have in this church backbones of steel to stand up for what is right, even if it means we have to stand alone? Come on, Cornerstone. I hate the cancel culture. I hate it. It's a shame culture. It's a spirit that seeks to oppose any other form of opinion. And the cancel culture is if you don't agree with me or if you don't think like we do, then we're going to expose you and destroy you. Sounds like the devil to me, man. So don't yield to it. Not even for a single second. Hallelujah. Amen. Now Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 to 16 is what I want to focus on today. The writer to the Hebrews says, Therefore by Him, by God, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. But, we do, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. I want to have a disclaimer here right now. I, I just want to say that I'm more a preacher than I'm a teacher. A teacher tells it, a preacher yells it. Amen. I, you know, I, I said last week, I went back home after the services. I said to my wife, I don't want to shout anymore. I don't want to raise my voice anymore. I'm, I'm just going to be, speak like a normal person over the pulpit. But ladies and gentlemen, I can't help it. The shout is in me, you know. It just comes out. I don't know, I can't speak softly. I, is that all right? Uh, I, the writer to the Hebrews is identifying three things that are to be, a, to be a continuous offering we give to God. What are the sacrifices that God is well pleased? Now watch this, God is well pleased with these things, right? Three things, number one, the sacrifice of praise. Number two, the sacrifice of good works. And number three, the sacrifice of sharing. Two of these three things are relational. They have to do with our interaction with people. That is why coming to church is so important. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you know, the Lord would tell me to go for this dinner. He'll tell me to go for that dinner. Not because the food is good. But he will, he will prompt me to attend certain meetings. And he says, if you will show up, I will do the rest for you. And sometimes all it requires is for me to just show up and God can show up. Hallelujah. And I don't know how many times, I, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't want to go. My wife and I, you know, we're so busy already and there's all these invitations. And I, I said, I think we need to go for this meeting. I don't know why, but I feel the prompting to go. And we go and it's amazing. God opens amazing doors. We meet very strategic people. And sometimes you just need to show up. Now, these three sacrifices are just simple day-to-day -day exercises that if you will do them, the Bible says it pleases God. And we all want to please God here, don't we? Now, we all have the tendency to look at the grandiose aspect of faith, but these three simple things, if we will do them, God says, I will be pleased with you. All right? Don't just go for the spectacular things in life. Come on. It's the simple obedience that attracts the favor of God. The first one is sacrifice of praise. 
Can I suggest to you that you begin each day, every morning, by offering to God praise and thanksgiving. Every morning. You know, the first prayer that I pray every morning is a prayer for humility. And I ask the Lord to keep me small in my own eyes. I ask the Lord to, not to make me wise in my own eyes. I humble myself, trust in the Lord with all my heart, with all, and in all thy ways to acknowledge thee and not lean to my own understanding. That's the first prayer every morning when I pray. I humble myself before God. The second prayer I pray is for God to cleanse and wash me from my sins because every day there is contamination of the flesh and the things that we pick up, you know, the world, the spirit of the world. And every morning, I need a fresh cleansing by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's like taking a bath every morning. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to be clean. And so these are the first two things I pray. And then I praise, hallelujah. I enter His gates with thanksgiving and I enter into His courts with praise. Can I suggest, start every day. Lift up your hands and bless His holy name. Amen. It doesn't have to be long. Just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I praise you and I bless you. And if you struggle with vocabulary, it's okay. Use the Psalms because the Psalms is the songbook of Israel. Hallelujah. And I, you know, I, because at my age, I, I sometimes forget things so what I do is I memorize scripture. Then I memorize scores and scores of scripture. So every morning I recite to the Lord all the scriptures that I memorize. I'll just give you an example. Psalms 100. I will enter His gates with thanksgiving into His courts with praise. Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name and the great benefits of salvation. Psalm 136. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. His truth to all generations. Psalm 25. Unto you, O God, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed, and let my enemies triumph over me. Psalms 48. Uh, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. In the mountain of His holiness, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sites of the north, the city of the great king. Psalm 63 says, uh, uh, Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I best bless thee. Hallelujah. I lift my hands to you. And you get to go psalm after psalm after psalm after psalm. And I memorize scores and scores of psalms. So every morning, I recite them as a way of praising and thanking the Lord. That is offering to the Lord the sacrifice of praise. You say, Pastor, what's the sacrifice? It's getting up at 4.45 in the morning. Here's the sacrifice of praise. If I just got a, a promotion, if I just got a big fat bonus, woo, it's so easy to praise God. But when everything that can go wrong starts going wrong, and that's when you praise God, I'll tell you this, you know when you see somebody going through a debilitating disease, somebody fighting with cancer, and you see them praising God all the time, I'll, you show me a man like that, I'll show you an overcomer. Amen? It's when everything is going wrong. I tell you, it doesn't take a spiritual person to give thanks when things are going right. But when things are going wrong and everything in your life, try praise, hallelujah, amen. Don't complain, don't murmur. Praise Him, hallelujah. David refused to offer a sacrifice to the Lord that did not cost him. This is the nature of sacrifice. Because it's not difficult to praise God when everything is going well. Praise reaches a breakthrough point when it's difficult to offer. Hallelujah. Amen. One time, the Lord was in the temple and the children were singing, Hosanna to the son of David. This is Matthew 21. Pharisees were very upset. They came to Jesus and they said, Stop them! Don't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said, Have you not read 
out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, thou hast perfected praise. He was quoting directly from Psalms 8 and verse 2, David, a Psalm of David. But David didn't actually say that. What David was saying was, out of the mouth of babes, thou hast ordained strength. Hallelujah. Now, the Lord wasn't misquoting David. He was reinterpreting what David was trying to say. In other words, the Lord connects strength to praise. Every time you praise, I'm telling you this, you are strengthened by God. You are energized when you praise Him. Hallelujah. There is a strength that you are infused in by the Holy Ghost. Woo! Amen. But look at that verse again in verse chapter 8 and verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Watch this. Because of your enemies that you may silence, watch this, silence the enemy and the avenger. This is the original avenger. David makes reference to the enemy and calls him an avenger. And Satan is called the accuser of brethren because all he does is accuse us day and night before the throne of God in heaven. But I tell you, praise silences the enemy because when we offer the sacrifice of praise in the unseen, what we're doing is we're silencing the enemy because when he comes and accuses us before the throne of God and the Lord says, you look at my son and you look at my daughter. They're not complaining. They're not murmuring. They're not griping. They're praising me. I tell you this, it silences the enemy. Sips his mouth. He's got to shut up. Because no matter what he puts us through, we're still praising God. Come on. Woo! Hallelujah. Don't give the, the devil an opportunity to accuse you before God. In every situation in your life, I tell you it can be reversed if you learn how to offer the, the sacrifice of praise continually through the day. That's so that, what that means is you don't just praise God. Every moment, listen, when I get into the car, if I'm driving alone, I try to... Uh, not to have the radio on, music on. I try to praise the Lord in the car. Pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit. Thank the Lord, talk to Him. Talk to Him about my, my, my you know, my, the, not my problems. Because, uh, <laughs> Lord, you know my wife. She was always complaining. I don't, I don't do that, right? <laughs> I, I thank the Lord. I talk to Him about church. I talk to Him about you guys. I talk to Him about, you know, in the car. And that's when you pour out your heart. But that's when you praise the Lord. Amen. Every moment of the day when you have time, just find us, go, go to the side, praise the Lord, bless you Lord, amen. Continue, the key is a continual offering of the sacrifice of praise. Number two, the sacrifice of good works. There are several Greek words in the New Testament for the word good, but the two most commonly used are the words agathos and kalos. Agathos is a word that's used to describe someone who is morally upright, morally straight. This is a person who lives within the boundaries of the Bible. And every born-again believer ought to be walking in agathos and growing in it as well. We all have to be good. Amen? But you don't just want to be good for goodness sake. Right? The goodness of God must be manifested. Or else what's the point? Okay? So Jesus alluded to this in Matthew 5. When he says, you are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket or a bushel, but put it on the lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The word for good there is the word kalos and it's goodness in the sense of doing good things. And in this passage, the Lord is equating our good works to light, hallelujah. So each time we do good works, we manifest His light. Come on church, amen. 
Now the context of good works must first be manifested in the church community and then it can be extended to the community outside. The early church modelled it. I mean, there was no one who was poor in the early church because the rich took care of the poor, the strong took care of the weak. Nobody in the early church had need because it was a self, it was a self-enclosed microcosm of the kingdom of God. Come on, hallelujah. It was a wonderful community that has never been duplicated ever again, but I believe it will be in the last days. Once that is achieved, then we can extend it to the community. And I thank God for our community services and a lot of the cell groups are reaching out to the poor areas in the HDB blocks. And that's what we need to be doing constantly. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the writer of the Hebrew says that good works here is a lifestyle that is continuous. Ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to show you a person that you can extend grace to every day. And He will be faithful. You know, today with, um, with uh, the mobile devices and you know, it's so easy to just send a prayer to different people through the day. It's easy. You pray and then send the prayer, send the prayer, send the prayer. Or send money and you know you can do pay now, pay now and bless somebody. Every single day, find somebody that you can bless. Amen. Think about this. You've got to be very deliberate about this. Amen. Every morning when you wake up, think about, Lord, I want to bless somebody today. And the church should be at the forefront of benevolence. Amen. And for it to be transformational, it's got to cost us something. Come on. Now the third sacrifice, and I'm going to close with this, is the sacrifice of sharing. You've heard me say this many times, and I'll say it again, when God blesses you financially, don't just raise the standard of giving, of living, raise the standard of giving as well. Amen? Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 9 and verse 10 says, Honour the Lord with your possessions, watch this, and with the first fruits of your increase, yep, so that your barns, watch this, so that your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats overflow with new wine. God has promised me that Cornerstone will be a storehouse for the nations. And we have been. You know, 10% of all our income goes into missions. 10% of our first mission goes to Israel. And that's how we give the finances. We give the finances to a basket of charities here in Singapore. But we also give a lot to our CGN churches and also uh, churches that have been connected with us uh, through the years of ministry. All right? And um, I believe that this verse... It's really interesting because there are some things that we do that has a direct effect on the church community being blessed. Watch this, right? Not only will our barns, our storehouse be blessed, the promise is that your vets will be filled or full of new wine. Now, new wine is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And generosity ensures a continual flow of the Holy Spirit in the church. Come on, hallelujah. Amen. You know, Cornerstone has a, a, has a few very clear mandates from the Holy Spirit in a, in a sense of how we can bless the nation. And one of the most important things is, is to make room for the Holy Spirit. Now, you ask any pastor in, in Cornerstone, what is, the, what is the one thing about... Uh, sorry, I'm so, I'm so sorry. If you ask any pastor in Singapore about Cornerstone, what is the one word they will describe? Uh, revival and fire. Yeah, two words. Uh. <laughs> two words, yeah. They will always say, man, that church is always about revival. The church is always about the fire of God. Amen. And I believe that this is something God has called us to do with like the tip of the spear. I believe God has given the responsibility to this congregation to make a way for revival for this nation. Amen. It's not for us. It's for the blessings of the whole nation. Amen. With all my heart, I believe that. With all my heart. Amen. When we purchased the Bible College of Wales, did it cost us? Yeah, you better believe it. 
When we hosted the Kingdom Invasion Conference, I mean, the budget was something like 800,000. Every year we were in deficit at least 200,000 because it was our way of blessing the churches and the nations in, the, in, in Asia. That's what we wanted to do. We said, we're going to bear the deficit because we wanted to bless all the pastors that were coming uh, and, and help them and, and you know, to lift them up and edify them and encourage them. It cost us, but I tell you, because we were willing to do those things because of our willingness to sacrifice and serve the body, this is what pleases God. This is what pleases God. It's when Cornerstone learns the sacrifice of sharing. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm free for lunch after this. It's just like, you know. Here's how the verse ends. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Three simple exercises we can do each day. That makes God so happy. Come on. You know, in the Old Testament, I'll close with this, uh, the Lord did not make it easy for somebody to offer a sacrifice. And it was all intended to teach them something. So the guy who wants to offer a sacrifice goes to the flock and he's got to choose a sheep or a goat and he cannot find the one that's diseased or the one that is sickly or is lame. He's got to choose the blue ribbon one, man, the best one, the best sheep, the best goat. And he searches the whole flock, finds the best, and for the next four days, examines it to make sure there was no blemish. And then he would take the, the long and arduous journey to Jerusalem. Now you've got to remember, Jerusalem is 2,227 feet above sea level. And he takes this arduous journey up the mountain. We call it the Aliyah or the Ascending. And they come to the temple and he's got to go through all the rites of purification, the washings and the cleansing and the garments and all the necessary things that he has to do to prepare for it. And then finally he queues up because there's a long queue of people who are pilgrims all wanting to make that same journey of offering the sacrifice and he waits and he waits until this time comes and then he goes through the whole elaborate process of the sacrifice. All that is intended for us to know that sacrifice is not cheap. It will cost us something but it pleases the Lord. Amen. When we learn to pay a price, when we learn to sacrifice. You know, in America, there's a, something called the Gallup Poll. And since 1999, they've been, um, they've been doing a survey to discover, to find out what is the most admired profession in America. Since 1999, one profession has dominated the top spot from that time till today. Every year, it's always nominated the top most admired profession. You know what it is? It's not a pastor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, sir. It's nursing. Nursing. And nurses are honored and they are admired because of the price they pay for humanity. Wow. I love that. Every time I hear somebody and when we go to Israel and I meet somebody who's a Holocaust survivor, it's always this respect, you know? So when I hear somebody who's a cancer survivor, it's respect of the trials that they have gone through and they're still victorious and praising God. Hallelujah. Amen. And that brings glory to God. Hallelujah. I don't know what your struggles are. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I have a wife that... No, no, no. That's not your trouble. Not, that's not your trouble. Give thanks to your wife. Give thanks to your wife. Amen. I've, I've done that for a long time now and I... I know I'm, I'm, I know I'm becoming more spiritual as well. So let's all stand before I get into trouble. 
Praise the Lord. Amen. Give thanks. Give thanks. I'm telling you, learn to give thanks for all things. I'm learning that. I'm learning to praise God every single moment of the day. Every time I have some time, just go to the side somewhere. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Pray in tongues. Hallelujah. Amen. Shandaraba, shondaraba. Grow in the Spirit. You do these three simple things, my friend. The sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of good works. So easy. The sacrifice of sharing. Come on. Three things. Hallelujah. Woo! I tell you this. The Bible says God is well pleased with such sacrifices. You know, the Lord is so good. He's not difficult to please. Come on, hallelujah. He loves it when He sees us sharing and learning to, to sacrifice ourselves for one another. Hallelujah, amen. Come on, let's pray in the Spirit right now. Some of you say, Pastor, I'm finding it hard to praise the Lord. That's why you need to praise the Lord, amen. Come on, lift up your hands and lift up your hands and praise Him and just use the, the Bible vocabulary. Lord, I bless you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I magnify you. Lord, I glorify you. Hallelujah. Lord, be praised. Hallelujah. Great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Come on. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Forget not all His benefits. Hallelujah. What are the benefits of the Lord? He forgives all our sins, our iniquities, heals all our diseases, redeems our life from destruction, crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies, and satisfies my mouth with good things. Hallelujah. Come on, praise Him right now. Praise the Lord. Offer Him. Offer it to Him. Sacrifices of Praise, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. Lord, I pray for Cornerstone Community Church. First of all, as a people, Lord, that we will never, never lose the, the, the passion for sacrifice, Lord. Lord, the church has come to this place because the leaders, there are many people in this church that have paid a price, Lord. There are many people, by the grace of God, who have offered their lives to be a sacrifice for this congregation, Lord. And we are here only because of the sacrifices of people. But how far we move forward is going to be dependent on whether we will still keep paying the price, Lord. And I pray in this church, we will never stop, never stop, never stop paying the price for the gospel. Hallelujah. Like the Apostle Paul said, I suffer to fill up the lack of suffering in the body of Christ. Oh God, I pray that we will understand what that means. Lord, I pray individually as well in our own personal lives, Lord, that we will in our little ways, Lord, offer the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of good works, and the sacrifice of sharing, Lord. Oh, we can all do this, Lord. Every one of us here in Cornerstone, Lord. We can all move in these simple exercises that pleases God. Hallelujah. Come on, just praise Him for a few more moments. Hallelujah. Jesus, we bless You. We bless You. We bless you. Can I, can I suggest to you, those of you who use social media, don't complain in social media. Don't gripe on social media. Just praise the Lord. Amen. Just praise the Lord. Somebody that I was just reading uh, yesterday, it was complaining, complaining. And I just said, why don't you try praise? Hallelujah. Come on, just try praise and see how God can turn your situation around. Hallelujah. Oh, I bless you, oh God. I praise you, oh God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I honor you, Lord. I honor you, Jesus. With my lips, I will praise thee, Lord. The fruit of my lips giving thanks to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. 
I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we, we honor you today. I thank you for Cornerstone Community Church. They are a wonderful people, Lord. Lord, you, you love this people, Lord. And I know that you, you have called us to be the tip of the spear here in this nation. You've called us to break through for the rest of the nation with regards to revival. I know this, Lord. It's a mandate that's been given to this house, Lord. You also said to me, Lord, that Cornerstone shall be a, has become a, 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 house, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You promised us that we would be a storehouse for the nations as well, Lord. You blessed us with wonderful blessings and abundance, Lord, and radical generosity. But I pray, Father, that this, there will always be this willingness to pay the price here in Cornerstone. But remember how David, six steps, Lord, he offered a sacrifice. Six steps offered a sacrifice, Lord. And he was willing to pay the price, no matter what the price was, to bring the glory of God down into the house of God. And so, Father, this is my prayer today, Lord that you would bless every family here in Cornerstone, that Lord, we will, in our own homes, Lord, offer the sacrifice of praise, offer the sacrifice of good works, and offer the sacrifice of sharing. Bless this house with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly place. Before I speak the benediction, at the end of the service, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for any areas of your life that you need to be encouraged and strengthened, please come to the front. We've been having a lot of stories and testimonies of people having really powerful breakthroughs just by coming up and being prayed for by people here in front. God hears prayers. Amen. So Lord, just bless this house with every spiritual blessing and the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and abide with you now and forevermore. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give God a big praise. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you so much for being with us. listen to a production of Cornerstone Community Church. Please note that all unauthorized reproduction, distribution, or sale of the recording is prohibited. For permission to reproduce or distribute the sermon, please write into mail at cscc.org.sg. We hope that you have been blessed.